When you're getting back into your busy fall routine but still want to make every breakfast count, try Blue Apron's new ready-to-cook meals that offer your favorite fresh quality ingredients ready in minutes. With 60-plus options each week, you can choose from an ever-changing mix of high-quality meat, fish, vegetarian, WW-recommended, and health-conscious offerings. Get a $100 gift card, plus enjoy $130 off across your first six orders when you place an order by September 23rd. Visit blueapron.com unique2022. of Grab a Couple of Podcast, uh, we had a wonderful conversation with Tom Pugh. He is the uh, face of Given to Live. Given to Live is a non-profit organization that takes vulnerable, disabled, disadvantaged and excluded individuals to see their favorite bands. Uh, they believe in uh, the power of live music and no one should miss out on that experience and that experience is for everyone. We had a wonderful, wonderful chat uh, about given to life, what it stands for, what it does, what's the process, and also about Tom Pugh himself. So it was a wonderful, a wonderful chat. And uh, this one is definitely one of my favorite charities. So if you'd like to get um, involved or donate, uh, it's given to live.com and there's the donation button right there. And if you'd like to to know more about this. So, this is Grab a Cuppa with Tom Pugh from Given to Live. First of all, are you drinking anything? Coffee, obviously. Same here, same here. Now, uh, <laughs> the most important question of all is, are you a slurper or a supper? Mm. <laughs> Depends on how much of a rush I'm in. <laughs> I'm the same, I must admit, I am the same. I'm just that's why I have two pop shields. I'm a slurper, so you can't hear me slurp my drink. Wouldn't want that. <laughs> no, how are you doing anyway? How's things? It's um confusing. Confusing times, yeah. Yeah, it's and and I think that permeates everywhere for most people that I've spoken with. Yeah. Even people who are being allowed to go back to work, it's like one rules this, one rules that, one rules the other, what's clear, what's not clear. and Yeah, of course. And so the whole thing is very confusing. I guess where is to start, really, is like, who are you and what do you do? Who am I? I'm Tom, and I run Given to Live, which I imagine is the reason <laughs> that I'm here. <laughs> I want to know about yourself, too. I find people fascinating. So, no. um, basically, uh, apart from running, you know, apart from uh, running Given to Life, what else do you do? Or is this your full-time uh, job it's, at the moment? It's full-time. We're also, as well as being a non-profit here, we've also got non-profit status in the States, so we're putting that together. Oh, fantastic. It is, and it's kind of... Um, 
I'm trying to look at the sort of bright side of what's going of on. Course, there's actually yeah. time to put things together because actually we had a sixth anniversary in April and everything fell into place to announce at the show where Given to Live was born and then the whole lockdown thing happened and we sort of, end, well, I ended up going, uh, what the hell is the point of Given to Live? What's the point in going, carrying on? And we've just got this going on and that going on and it was meant to be our birthday and it was meant to be a show and um so but now it's kind of okay we'll try and put two things together here and over in the states yeah i think this the you know going back a little bit so how did it all start for you when given to live that you just decided like i want to do this and then take it from there or how did it all begin well, it's a sort of once upon a time story. Um, of course. <laughs> I'm trying to work out. So if we're six, seven, whatever it was, 13, 14 years ago, yeah, I can't yeah. remember exactly. I was on a coach bus in Sweden going to a workshop mm. and Pearl, Pearl Jams Alive came on um, for the thousandth time I've heard it. Plus, <laughs> um, One of the best tracks, if I must say. Sorry? It one of the best ones. It works. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> but I had this moment of kind of like, actually, I am alive. And I just completely broke down on this bus because seven, about seven years before that, I, if there wasn't someone in the room from an overdose, I wouldn't be here. And... And I just kind of, rather than it just being a logical, yeah, I'm alive, I didn't die, and I'm now best part of seven years clean or whatever it was it was like actually i really am alive and then i needed to felt a real sense of needing to honor and celebrate that um which is a big part of what given to life does is honor and celebrates uh, the person and i was like what do you really love and i'd really been trying to go to chicago wow okay for pearl jams first Wrigley show and it was just so expensive I couldn't justify it but then I knew that they had it it was like what do you love doing and it was well you love Pearl Jam you love traveling and there's a tour in the states and um in around my birthday so I thought right okay I'm going to take five shows one of them ended up being on my birthday did a little road trip met some new friends and then in the morning of the last show we kind of find out well, we got there real early, like four o'clock to queue. And then a bit later on in the morning, find out that a lady who was over from Brazil for the shows had been ripped off by somebody posing as security and oh. lost everything. He had, wow. he had told her and her friend that, no, this isn't the way you meant to queue. You meant to queue over there. And when her mate went off to, to the loo, he came, took her bag, and she had lost credit cards, tickets, everything. And... Yeah, at the end of going to the Brazilian consulate and the police, she came back with a bit of paper that said that she could leave the States. That was it. Yeah, that was um, it. No help, no financial help. And I'd already been in and around fundraising and what have you for ages. So I just went down to the merch truck to buy the poster, but actually more to use the, so I could have something as a collection bucket. So I had the poster, the poster tube. So I just went down the GA line explaining what had happened, asking people, they could donate she's lost everything um and the really fun part of it was 
they, you know, we have pound coins, but they still have dollar bills or a dollar they coins. They do, like, yes, yeah, yeah. So yeah. this, so where, whereas here it had just been clunky and full of money, it was this tube, you know, a poster tube full of, uh, you know, she, when she opened it, she had no idea what I'd done, and she just thought I was sort of. That's such a nice thing to do. Well, it felt important. It felt right. You know, she had lost everything. Um, and then also I was meant to be meeting up with someone at another show who'd got really sick. Um, oh, gosh. And it was kind of like, not everyone can go to a show. Things yeah. happen. Um, and so I just started asking a few friends in the Pearl Jam community, I'm like, should we try and help people? You know, great idea, Tom. Great idea, Tom. And then I had this moment of, you're either there, you're in or you're out. You know, you either do it full and it's not just a little sort of Wishy washy, yeah, it's got to be done just properly. The Pearl Jam. So it just was like, okay, um, take the step, walk away from what you're doing, and, and try this, you know, this whimsical, crazy idea to take people who can't go to shows, and also importantly, that part of celebrating lives you know, and doing it in a different way to other organizations that might be something similar. Um, and that was, yeah, in April 2014. God, that sounds a long time ago. It does sound yeah. like a time, uh, long time ago. Yeah, it does. I guess, mm. you know, the thing is, I can see the way you talk uh, about it, that it relates to you personally and also to you as a, an advocate, you know, uh, to help people uh, that don't that unfortunately can't go shows you know i personally going to a live show means a lot to me it means a lot for my mental health would uh, would that relate to yourself as well yeah i mean there were lots of um i mean that's a kind of the story i just told you is like oh there was some well, that's where i was born and when we've been queuing yeah. earlier in the in the day someone had told me about somebody she knew um and what they did with people like music, so lots of little bits, but it was also yeah, six, whatever it was years before that, I remember I cleaned up and Pearl Jam were playing London and I'm based in Bristol and you know, I was on benefits because I'd just cleaned up and, and I was like, and it just, the benefits came at the wrong time and right in the middle of, you know, and it's like, I'm not very good with holding on to a very small amount of money for a week or so. I get um, that. Had, it, had it arrived on the day of the show, you know, it would have been perfect, sort of hitched, you know. And I remember watching the sort of set list thread and I'm like, oh, Jesus, man, if, I just wish I could go and I can't go. So it's, you know, it's not everyone can go for lots of different reasons. Sometimes it's finance. Sometimes, I mean, for instance, I know where I am, it's probably just looking at I mean, 15 minute walk to the local O2 Academy. But I know if you've got something going on in your life that day, you might have a ticket in your hand and not be able to go because it's too scary, too frightening. And that's why when I started this thing, it's like, it was very important and clear to me that, that this was, you know, I started off by saying well, it's for the vulnerable and excluded. And I used the word exclude very deliberately to be very inclusive. So it wasn't going to be, simply kids or simply cancer it was going to be as whatever anyone a reason that somebody might be celebrating and honoring whatever they've gone through or are going through which is why we've taken people with mental health issues a variety of which people who survived domestic violence and 
yeah, we've also taken people who've, you know, their dying wish was to go to a show because of, of cancer, you know. Um, and yeah, I guess. No, I'm just, we've, yeah. we've lost a lot. We've lost quite a few people along the way. Um, yeah, unfortunately. So that's the thing. Of- you you get that uh, you get that connection with that person, but then deep down you know that sometimes when they have a um, a terminal illness, and you know that unfortunately it could be a week or could be a month that you're not going to see them again. So I think uh, it really breaks my heart to think like that. But then again, like I, I'm kind of glad there's people like yourself that do things for these people, you know, their dying wish. And I, you know, I can empathize. I can be very difficult for yourself as well, but then at the same time, rewarding that you've done something you know, to help these people in some in some way, and you know that they will leave this world fulfilled in in some way. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. It's just that at the moment it's kind of um, it's very here with with it someone really I, can't, I, I can't talk about it yet. That's uh, fine. So um, this is about making yeah. you feel comfortable. I would never ever want to make anyone feel uncomfortable. No, it's at not. All. It's just, if stuff comes up, stuff comes up, you know. Of course. Um, um, actually, this ties in with the, a little bit of my, my story. I um, I think it was back in 2018, I think. Um, basically, I was, um, I was into a depression and then I didn't leave my house for 18 months. And I was always seeing pictures of like my friends going to live gigs and festivals and stuff like that and I was like oh I really want to go back into it um but I never had the um I don't know I I say like my anxiety took that that part from me and there was one day that one of my favorite bands were playing in Leeds in the O2 and uh I was just like right I really want to go see them but I don't want to go by myself. But then I was like, well, at this last minute, like, I don't really have anyone to come with me. So I was like, well, okay, well, do I get a ticket? Do I go a ticket? I was like, oh, my God, all right, we're going to do. And I decided to buy a ticket. This was for While She Sleeps in Leeds. And because uh, uh, there's a little bit of backstory with the band, I first came across them when they were doing, uh, like, playing pubs and clubs here in Leeds. They're from Sheffield. Um, so I met Loz, the uh, lead singer. He used to be uh, sort of like, I wouldn't say great, great friends, but we kind of knew each other from the scene. So I decided I'm going to go. Uh, bought a last-minute ticket, but I was, it took me four hours to leave the house because I was scared. Um, and I was like, well, I have no one to, to, uh, to, to come with me. What am I going to do? Uh, but then I was like, right, do I go? I spend, like, yeah, as I said, four hours, like, booking my taxi, cancelling my taxi, booking my taxi. Because <laughs> they rang me, thought, is there, is there something wrong? Like, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, just, I'm okay. You know, can I have a taxi and take me to, you know, to the venue? And just, um, I saw people outside. I'm like, it's to the point, my anxiety was so bad that I didn't know that, like, which door do I go through? Even though it said entrance, I'm like, just yeah i don't know my anxiety was just so high and i was like right it's okay just go 
have a good time. I went, still took me a little while. It was just before, uh, before while she started playing, I finally managed to uh, catch one of the bands that was supporting them. Uh, got I listened to a, two or three tracks. But I went to the bar, got myself a drink, got to the front. Funnily enough, I got to the front. I was like, I'm not missing this, and I had the best time ever. And I felt like um, a little bit of myself was coming back. And then since then, I've decided to go to as many shows as I could, and also promote to if anyone was feeling like me, we could be gig buddies let's go you know and uh it's starting from there and so far i've been to many many shows and even by myself where oh. i actually went to the bands and said this is what's happening with me and i get really nervous around people that i don't know and <sighs> so basically i went to the bands and says well this is my uh this is what's been happening. I've been wanting to meet you and stuff like that. And just had a little conversation. And for me, live music is just so like, it's so valuable. It's a valuable thing for myself. And I know there's a lot of people that feel the same way as me because you enter a venue and you find these people who have at least one thing in common with yourself, which is the, actually too, you know, the love for the band that is playing and also the love for live music and entertainment. Now, you know, going back to the Let Music Play campaign, I actually spoke about this. Um, now, we've recently got some news that some money was going to be funded for the arts, which is fantastic. But how has this uh, affected Given to Live? Well, as I said, when the news came through, it was, yeah. three weeks of what's the point, which then oh. sort of rippled into what's the point in my existence, because this is what I do. We just got the um, 501c3 in the States. And oh. then I kind of got to a place of, okay, we haven't got no income because our, you know, our income was, you know, mostly predominantly um, from old-fashioned fundraising people going around the pubs and clubs and what have you in the of evening course. here that's gone and I was like this isn't oh, how do we even pay rent um, but luckily we've had a lot of stuff over the years donated um, and just started just yeah just moving you know auctioning off whatever merch mostly um, show posters I've seen um, those, yeah, they're fantastic. Yeah, and, and I kind of know we've got some more stuff turning up tomorrow. That's and, good. Um, and, and now I just, I don't expect there to be a show, there might be, but this year, you know, and the, there's more, it's almost like the more I read or listen, the more confusing, it's almost like the less information there is. It's like mm -hmm. the more... Um, so it's, it's great what's happened and it's like, so venue X can stay open when gigs come back. But when is that? And I'm reading yesterday and then again this morning that, you know, cause this whole thing of herd immunity is wanted, you know, is mm -hmm. from Spain. So this ain't going to happen. So then what does that mean? You know, as realistically, we can't be shut down forever because we just can't finance it. You know, so then what does that mean for us as people of course. going to gigs? You know, does, 
you know, a band would play, you know, a headlining tour the size of Slipknot or Pearl Jam, they're not going to suddenly sort of, let's have social distancing, you know, at a show. You kind of, I don't think you're going to get much social distancing going on, even if it was like, okay, here's 20,000, you can have your gig, but you can only have 10,000 people. You know, that's not affordable for, you know, and then you go to a smaller size band, you know, who are going to play the 2,000, well, you can only have 1,000. There are, um, you know, unless you're huge, there aren't great margins. So I don't know where it leaves us is waiting to see what, I think, like everyone, you know. You know, the shows like, uh, like for the, uh, what was it called? Uh, Drive-In, like Skindred are doing. And Dave Matthews Band. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many people doing it. Do you think it'd be something that Given to Life might be looking at for the future? What, to take someone to a show yeah. in, in a car? Perhaps. I guess uh, sometimes <laughs> we have to live and adapt, don't we? I, I'm positive that gigs will come back, maybe to a smaller scale. But I don't know, like, if we have to adapt to what we've got. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, how many... Because we're always, it's the application comes in and it's always what they want to see. It's not like, oh, you want to see this? Well, they're not touring. We'll tell you to see that instead. Mm-hmm. Is that all right with you? Yeah, yeah, or yeah. it's not, there's not, they're not playing nearby. So we, we'll take you to something that's, you know, cheap, you know, nearby. That's kind of sort of like who you want to see. So a lot depends on what the application is for. You know, mm-hmm. if, if somebody wants to see Band X, and they're not on tour. I've actually been asked for a band that no longer exists in the past. Oh, <laughs> and I'm like, I had to say, they don't exist anymore. Unfortunately, um, yeah, unfortunately they broke up, sorry. Yeah, yeah like yeah. 20 years ago or something. Oops. And it, really, it really was like that, yeah. Um, so that would be something that would have to be seen if and when, you know, I got an application. Yeah, of course. Can you talk me through the process? I mean, people make an application and then what happens? Well, so a mum, a dad, a brother, a sister, whoever, because you can't, we have a sort of, you can't kind of apply for yourself rule. Um, that's, that's fair. That's absolutely fair. Uh, yeah, and, and much needed, I can tell you. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> um, so person and then it's and we can on our application form on our website givenslife.com it's i'm very clear that we don't want more than 250 words because i know that if say it's for someone who's in the benefit system for illness mental health issues whatever it's like you've had to fill in so many forms so and then it's i know you'll have you haven't filled it in quite right because there was a t not crossed in the right place so we try and make it as simple as possible so it's kind of like i'm tom i want this to you know for my son my brother my uncle whoever it is my friend he's going through this would love to see them and then i just then from there i'll just ring the person and get much more information about them and then it's um and the person they want to go to the show and then assuming we can get tickets for that person, then it's on, then I will go and see an artist, because each person we take to a show, we have a local artist um, create their own individual show poster. Um, And somewhere along the line, we'll, um, me and whoever's made the application will concoct a story. Um, 
for why this person needs to be somewhere for lunch or dinner or wherever they are. And we've, we've had to come up with all sorts of weird and wonderful reasons why this strange man <laughs> is coming to meet them. Um, and then I'll tell them why they're there, that they're going to see band X, Y or Z. And when we take them, we always take them uh, or give them the opportunity to stay in a hotel sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it's kind of local and it's just, again, that thing of honoring someone. Yeah, even though you, you might be 15 miles away, we, you know, but on other occasions, if you're 250 miles away, so I don't want you driving on your special day for five hours. So you'll come in the night before and stay the night of the show and carry on and we cover every single cost from start to finish. So it doesn't. It doesn't just. Uh, it doesn't start at the uh, gig experience, really, does it? It's, it's the whole how to get there, where to stay. Not even close. And um, <laughs> and you in your story is like when you were saying you, you kind of push yourself to see yes. while sleeps. Um, what I mean, we always go. Gim's life always goes. I describe us as PA. Yeah. yeah. And I know that we've had applications where the person hasn't maybe ever gone to a gig themselves and they're, I'm thinking of one in particular, their mum, I mean, actually is a baker. And if you imagine a sort of 50s, late 40s, early 50s, I don't know how old she is, baker, the, you know, it's almost like she is the you know, stereotype. And if I just send two tickets in the post to them, with this fella having the issues that he had to go and see a, a Slipknot gig with a mum who's never been to a gig either, they wouldn't know what to do, you know? And yeah. so we go along, it's like we make sure that, you know, and I'll often go to a venue the day before or, and again with hotel, or especially if it's, we're taking someone with um, physical issues to make sure it's okay. And I can assure you, you know, every, hotel or venue in the world is um is uh, accessible disability friendly i was going to say yeah oh they, yeah. i mean technically accessible doesn't mean, mean it's uh yeah great shall we say um so yeah and some go through and it's kind of whether it's again it's like i'm nephew you know and it's oh whether it's damn i need to take my medication it's like cool i'll go get you water you stay where you are i don't want you running around trying to find it this or whether it's you know okay let's go to the merch stand and being a host as well and make the make sure that the experience is the best that it can be yeah and you know we always take them to merch stand i always promise try and promise myself i'm not gonna go too mad but i can't help but going yeah okay if you want the t-shirt is there anything else you want? I keep trying, trying to say, yeah, because I know what it's like. I remember being 15, 16, going to my first show or, you know, the collecting thing in, uh, in the Pearl Jam, for instance, is if you want a poster for that show, you probably got to start getting in line at nine in the morning, you know, and it's like, yeah. so, we're, so we'll do everything we can so that our guest is, is the VIP. They don't have to stand in a queue for this. They don't have to run around for that. It's like you're just there. Because for some people, it might be the only day that they've actually ever felt really important. You know? And for others, a trip to the merch stand might be too much safety for a kid and it might be financially a real struggle. I don't want to put someone in that position, a mum, a dad, you know, of like, 
can't really afford it. If I go to this gig, you know, I'm going to be out of pocket. What's the point in taking, giving someone? And I know there are, situ there are situations where if we'd done that right there, you'll have a couple of tickets. In, I'd have probably got them sent back saying thanks, but we can't afford to go because there's, we've got to travel because we're not, it's not two doors down from us, the venue. So, yeah, it's just trying to take all the pressure off. When you're getting back into your busy fall routine but still want to make every breakfast count, try Blue Apron's new ready-to-cook meals that offer your favorite fresh quality ingredients ready in minutes. With 60-plus options each week, you can choose from an ever-changing mix of high-quality meat, fish, vegetarian, WW-recommended, and health-conscious offerings. Get a $100 gift card, plus enjoy $130 off across your first six orders when you place an order by September 23rd. Visit blueapron.com unique2022. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino was a America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. And yeah, I don't care who's on stage. The VIP isn't on stage that night. When we take someone to a show, they're the ones sat with us. That's a lovely thing to do. I, uh, I guess I followed Luke's story. Uh, I, yeah, Luke, uh, when he went to see uh, Avenged Sevenfold. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I read his story. And uh, I know that Luke has uh, um, a lot of physical problems as well. Um, but I followed Luke's story. And I still, we're still friends on Facebook. Mm. And his mom as well, and I uh, check on him from time to time, see how he's getting on. Uh, he's doing really well. Um, and his story, it was just, it was so lovely. Like I love, um, uh, I love Disturbed as well. And we were talking about Disturbed and how you know how it helped us and stuff like that. And I really could relate uh, to to Luke and. Um, yeah, it was just lovely to to actually hear from the uh, the other person's story, you know, from the other person's side what they experienced. Mm. Well, and he loved it, and he's still going on about it to this day. And he was in 2017, if I'm like not that. wrong. Yes, something like that. Yeah, um, that sounds about right. Sounds yeah, like yeah. Because I was at that gig. Uh, you not, were? Not that, no, no, not at that gig, sorry. You went to Cardiff and I was in Manchester. Yeah. I went to that and I had a wonderful time as well. And I just thought, oh my God, like this must have been amazing for him as well. But I felt like so overwhelmed because obviously an, an arena as big as Manchester Arena is just people everywhere, especially to a sold out show. And I felt so like, you know, because I was on my own that day, and I think that's when he started for me as well, not wanting to go to, uh, you know, to gigs and stuff, because I just felt so overwhelmed, I couldn't cope. But yeah, Luke's story is one of those that always, uh, you know, stays in my heart. Mm. And it's lovely to uh, check on him from time to time, see what he's doing, and see how he is, and things are going well for him. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and is it like you say, you know, it's the fact you know, your friends on Facebook, it's like, you know, it's, he didn't have a Facebook page before that. 
you know, mum was very, yeah, mum was very protective. And then because, I mean, it's always with permission, but I know it'd be so easy to write a sweet, sickly, hey, look what we've done, aren't we awesome story every single time. And it's like that to me doesn't serve anyone. And it's if the person's willing, we'll write the truth as far as they let us tell the story, you know. Um, when we took Nikki and Ellie that we took to shows and God, yeah, last summer, you know, were domestic abuse survivors and they really wanted their story told. And I'm like, so I wrote it and I'm like, are you sure? Because even if you change your mind 30 seconds later, it will have been seen. It's on Facebook, this, that, and the other forever. And it's like, no, we want this to be told because there are other people in this situation. situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and for Luke, it, you know, he was sort of getting so much support. I put together, oh, it certainly helped that, um, uh, which, because oh. I'm getting these messages. My phone's going, after I put it up, my phone is just getting notification notified. I'm like, what's wrong with my phone? And I'm like, look, there's notification, notification. I'm like, what's, what's wrong with my phone? And it's like, share, share, like, like, share, share, like, like. That's why I don't have notifications on my phone anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, what's going on here? And I'm starting to look at, I'm looking below the story and people are kind of commenting left and right. And, and I messaged someone and I'm like, who'd said that Papa Gates, and I'm like, okay, so who's, I said, look, I know I run this organization, but I don't know very much about Adventure Talk for Sevenfold at all. Of course. I said, who, who's this, um, Papa Gates person you're saying shared it. Oh, it's Sinister's dad. And I'm like, yes. okay, who's Sinister? You know? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, it's kind of, it was a bit embarrassing, but at the same time, why should, why should I know every single band in the world? You know? And of then course. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so Brian Hayner, Sinister's dad had shared it because his, apparently his, his wife had seen the story and it was just going completely crazy. And then I did yeah. some, asked people to write some, messages for Luke because I knew you know yes there's the physical issues he faces and um the autism but he's also been really badly bullied of course yeah and again that's a big part of why given to lie does it in the way we do it's like again I'm not look we could just write a pretty story but let's tell the truth and I sort of reached out and asked people to say where they're from um and write him a message and it was just like message after message after message after message and i'm from yeah Falmouth. i'm from pittsburgh i'm from australia i'm from this and when luke got to the hotel on the day of the show started reading these messages to him and um and i had to check myself with my assistant on the day ali and i'm like was it just me or did I just, cause I wanted to see it or did I actually see Luke just getting bigger and bigger and bigger with every message? And she said, no, 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 no. It wasn't just what you wanted to see. It was happening. And you saw him, you know, from hiding to like, wow, I'm a human being. That was lovely to see, yeah. It was lovely to see. I, uh, I followed his story from the very beginning and I, he's, he's a great guy. He really is a great guy, and when it comes to bullying, I can relate because I was one of the uh, I was one of the kids that were different, you know. And then you know, if you're different, then 
it's it's like it's the the worst thing in the world and um god bully for that it's kids are cruel uh but and adults adults can be cruel too but the thing is it's portrayed behavior you know uh from people in our lives because people it's like bullying you don't the thing is you don't uh grow up to be a bully unless it's island behavior you don't just you aren't just born a bully you know mm. it's it's uh learned behavior and sometimes like i've spoken to people about bullying and it's about like some people is they're being bullied and that's the behavior that they think it's normal so they be bully other people even though it doesn't mm. feel nice to get bullied um, but nowadays, obviously, um, at school, you know, uh, for me, growing up in the 90s, uh, it was like, yes, you get bullied at school, but you go home and that's it, you know, like, unless the bullied fully followed you home. But here, especially with the younger generation on social media, and I understand why Luke's mum was very protective, uh, as, as I am as a mum, but I understand why she didn't want Luke to uh, be in that world because of bullying. Nowadays, bullying has gone so uh, so bad towards the younger generation that a lot of our younger generation have uh, unfortunately committed suicide because they just couldn't take it. So, yeah, I I understand how you know obviously Luke's mum has been so worried about it because as a mom I, I am worried too i'm worried about uh, my kids are younger than mom but i'm worried about what's going to happen when they are in their teens are they going to get bullied or stuff like that so yeah i think uh i loved i love luke i love speaking to him a lot and his story i think it's going to inspire uh, a lot a lot of kids who feel like they are uh, like they don't belong and uh, kids like I once wore, I thought I didn't belong. And uh, I found that, yes, I do, even though it was into my uh, late 20s, to be fair, that, yeah, I do I do belong and I am worth of being here. So it's spreading the message. But with bullying, is, it can be so brutal, you know, nowadays with social media. I'm, I, personally, I'm trying to use it as uh, a good tool rather than a bad thing but mm. I, I even my 30s now i've experienced bullying like trolls you know trolling i got um, i got trolled on twitter before because of like uh, i don't know many things people commenting on my figure people commenting on my face people commenting on like the way i speak just picking on everything that perhaps i must have felt uncomfortable with but now I'm just like, you know what? I don't, I don't give a damn anymore. And <laughs> and I, um, I I admire those that don't anymore. So people like Luke, uh, and I just I want them to realize, like Luke has realized, that they belong and. Uh-huh we are there for them and to give them a voice as well and to uh, take care of them as well and be here if they need to chat about whatever because a lot of people don't have that uh, that person where they can be completely uh, comfortable with due to the situations at home. Uh, 
Mm. You might you might have uh, you know might have met people like like that through what you do. Uh, the two ladies who were you know uh, victims of domestic violence, they might have not had someone there to to help them out and to uh, tell them that listen, what you're experiencing is not normal. It's not right. Um, so yeah. I, I really, really like what you do, and I'm. Uh, I was the reason why I wanted to do this is because I've always been so, uh, fascinated about giving to life and what uh, what you do, and also I want to. I know a lot of people that don't know what you do, and I wanted to sort of like have that uh, platform to share the word as well, mm. because like yes, I can I can donate to give into life, but I felt personally like that wasn't enough. And I I love live music and I suffer from uh, like mental illness. You know, I've got mental illness, I've got physical difficulties, which um, I have struggled to tell the world about them because I always felt embarrassed because I got I got bullied for being different. I got mm-hmm. yeah, I uh, I had an accident when I was younger and that left me with a damaged right foot. So I walk funny, you know, and I have to have crutches when I'm in pain and that sort of right. thing. But I wasn't uh for a long, long time until my late twenties, I didn't tell anyone anyone else about that. Obviously my husband knows. Uh but a lot of my friends that people that I've been friends with for like 10 years, I never told them mm. because I don't know. I just felt like, like they would pity me like, Oh, poor you. Or would be the whole like, uh, Oh my God, I need to start treating her differently because she has a, a you know, a physical difficulty or whatever. But um, I guess it was the, the bullies that were, uh, they told me all these different things growing up. I still like their voices are still in my head from time to time. Yeah, that's yeah. really it's, it's not good, is it? But I uh, I just want to uh, allow myself and other people to have a platform where they can express, you know, when they're doing a great thing, like given to life and tell the world what it's all about but obviously i am interested in you as a person mm. and hearing a little bit of your story as well has inspired me to keep doing what i'm doing you know and i, I wanted to know that as well because i think it's really important when someone inspire inspire us to be better we want them to know thank you yeah, yeah. um <laughs> it's i mean that's it's something I personally like really struggle is like, you know, is, is it making a big enough difference, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I have my mental health issues myself. Of course. Um, and, but it's, it feels important and mental health at the moment is because. When you're getting back into your busy fall routine, but still want to make every breakfast count. Try Blue Apron's new ready-to-cook meals that offer your favorite fresh quality ingredients ready in minutes. With 60-plus options each week, you can choose from an ever-changing mix of high-quality meat, fish, vegetarian, WW-recommended, and health-conscious offerings. Get a $100 gift card, plus enjoy $130 off across your first six orders when you place an order by September 23rd. Visit blueapron.com unique2022. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Coming, people are becoming more aware, but there's an awful lot of, yeah, just go and talk to someone. And it's like, yeah, I know that is true because I had done such an amazing job of burying everything that when I went into rehab 20 something years ago and therapy and I'm talking to a therapist and I, I can talk and I, but I would try and not speak for 50 minutes and I literally hold my breath and I just couldn't do it. And she was amazing. And she probably saved my life by actually pushing me and going, do you know that actually that wasn't normal? I'm like, yes, it was. No, it wasn't the beatings, whatever it was. And it, and I was 28. And in a family where you weren't allowed to talk about anything, where there was different forms of abuse going on. And I get that. And I'm 28 and I'm kind of like, so that wasn't normal. No. And then it's like years later, I'm with a different therapist because Tay, you know, she was in rehab, um, where I was in rehab, she worked there. Um, and it's kind of like, John, who I was with for eight years at one point, says, you do realize that if it, what happened to you then happened now, you'd be in, you know, you'd be in social care. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I hadn't really thought about it that way. Yeah. And also coming from quite a privileged but utterly confusing background. It's like, how can I say that this isn't good when I'm going to good schools or whatever it is? And it's like, but this is all normal. And so the whole thing of like, when I see that, just talk to someone and be positive. Well, positivity actually kills us more than being real. But then to get to that place where we can feel like we can find someone to talk to, it's, it actually gets me really angry when I see posts. Just talk to someone. I'm like, do you know how damn hard it is some, oh, for some people? Yeah, and I, just to actually say a word. And I remember... You know, being utterly terrified in, you know, but I had yes. to be in in counselling and then in group therapy twice a day. And I'm like, anything not to say anything about anything until one day I just li- literally broke down. Of course, um, I understand that. I always thought that, uh, well, basically the first time when someone said, oh, you need to go and see uh, a psychotherapist. And I'm like, no, I don't. Like, no, my mum just tells me it's a phase, I'll be fine, it's just hormones, you know, I'll be all right, like, you know, every teenager goes through all that stuff, and then it's like, no, I don't need to see anyone. Um, So in in that whole process of that conversation with your mum, actually, you're getting dismissed. Absolutely. Yeah. Because the thing is, like, I could have said to my mum, like, oh, it's your fault, I'm like, I'm like this, but it's not, because my, my mother as well, she had a tough... Uh, upbringing as well in a family of nine kids uh, back in Africa and uh, basically it was very tough and it's either like you get on with it or you go to work you provide for the family or you just like or you go away like you get I don't know 
you're not part of the family anymore. It's like you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to say, well, I'm depressed, I'm anxious, I'm this and that and the other because they didn't really understand what depression or anxiety was. So my mum grew up thinking that yes, when a low and when it was a low point, she uh, felt weak and it was weakness rather than a natural, you know, chemical imbalance in your brain. Um, so she grew up until until uh, like until recently she's like 55 um at the moment and i might have gotten her age wrong if she listens to this she's gonna kill me <laughs> uh to the point that you know i've been expressing more and more to my family and this is how i this is how i feel and this, there's a reason behind it and my my mother now is starting to understand more but it's taken her a long long time to understand Mm. Well, but it's not her fault that she didn't really understand. It's not really ignorance. It's just more of she didn't really understand because she wasn't uh, brought up to understand that kind of thing. And that kind of thing was seen as a uh, a weakness rather than a, an issue that you had um, with yourself, you know. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess I... <laughs> at the time when someone said to me you need to go see someone I'm like no I don't and then they actually booked an appointment for me and I said I was going to go and then I, I didn't go because I thought like I don't, I'm not I thought like I'm not crazy I thought the crazy people would go to these things because that's the way I brought up you know like mm. and I didn't go and I was like right I'm not going because I'm not crazy like so I just I was I think I was like 14 at the time and I just went and I hung out with my friends and probably drinking drinking beer and smoking weed like at a local park mm. uh, which I don't uh, kids please don't do drugs and drink alcohol uh, especially at that age uh, or ever oh my god I'm digging myself a hole here no you're not no you're not <laughs> you know you're not it's kind of people do that stuff. I come from a family where both parents were alcoholics, but my mum was the very off the wall one. Dad never had a problem because he would still run his business, you know, but, uh, but that's a whole other of issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I get it. And I remember being a kid going, I'm never going to drink. Because I, I know what it does to people. And then I'm a little bit older, it's like, and I'm never going to do drugs either, watching what's going on. And, then, and my uncle, on both sides of the family, I mean, it's just kind of, everyone, nearly everyone drinks. Um, mum, your mum was one of nine, mine was one of 11, you know, and the ones, you know, there was, I think there was one who didn't have it out of the 11 who didn't have some sort of addiction issue, mm-hmm. you know, as far as I'm aware. Um, and I'm like, I mean, this is not going to happen. And I'm never going to do drugs. And then you'd see sort of things like on the telly of people using needles, never using needles. It's like, I did them all, you know. And I get that. Have, And I have fundraisers. And I know that, you know, they're youngsters and they'll go off to a festival or whatever. And I'm not going sit, to sit there and say, don't take this and don't do that. Because one, I've done it. And two, they'll do what they do. So if they're going away, I'm like, and I'm very open about my history with them when they work for me. Not on day one, it's just the longer they work, the more they'll, you know. Of this course, is why yeah, yeah, I get it. And so <laughs> they're going away and I'm like, okay, just do me one favor. If you start to feel bad, don't be a hero, go straight to the medical tent. Oh, God, know? yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's, 
and it took years for me to realize, and it's not just alcohol and drug addiction, whether it's food, whether it's gambling, whether it's sex, whether it's, you know, technology now, people, a lot of people, including myself, is like so hooked into Facebook or Twitter or whatever. It's like any addiction is a way of masking our anxiety. And so Yeah, I agree 100%. And if you're facing that, it doesn't matter. You can have all these, you know, with a war on drugs, just say no, it doesn't matter. Something, it might not be drugs, but I know plenty of people have lost everything from gambling mm-hmm. or the other side of it is like, you know, someone's a cube wants to be a huge overachiever and a workaholic. Well, he or she'll get a pat on the back for actually hurting That's correct, themselves. yeah. They, you know, they might have a great home, but their kids are totally absent for their kids because they're doing 16 or whatever it is. It's like addiction comes in many forms and, you know, yeah, I don't, you know, it's the world we live in. It's a reality that people are going to go to the pub or this, that and the other. And it's like, this whole thing of like, oh yeah, it's a gate- weed's a gateway drug. It's like, no, you're either going to move on or you're not. You know, mm. and and it's so, you know. But if anyone, rather for me, it's like instead of don't do drugs or if you've got issues, man, try and find someone you can talk to. Try and find the help. We are lucky that nowadays uh, we do have lots of charities that can help people, uh, but still not enough. You know, I think we still need to do a lot, uh, a lot more to open people's minds um, to you know the mental health stigma. Uh, I mean, you you say that, and I kind of I know that yeah, on the health side. But I was talking with Dev from from Idols on Sunday and. And, we, you know, we're both based in Bristol and it's like, and he was, it became a very two way sort of conversation and he was asking, about, and it's like, I know there's less, rehabs are closing left, right and centre. Yeah, I know homeless shelters are closing left, right and centre. And it's like, it's all very well having another mental health charity or whatever it might be saying, oh, just talk to someone and we've taken you seriously until the government who can afford to follow a country for three months so far. Yeah. So far. Um, you know, build another few bombs or whatever it is, you know, until they take it. So when, when you go, we've got a horrific homelessness problem in Bristol, you know, mm-hmm. and yet they shut, shut homelessness shelters and, you know, and I've worked in some of them in the past and been a resident, you know, having been yeah. homeless myself. And it's like, yeah. how can, you know, yes, there is help, but at the same time, there's also a lot of help has been taken away. It's more, yeah, it's more of like, I guess, you know, it's very interesting hearing from your perspective. I think um, as well is, yes, it's great having this help, actually. I think it's it's changing my uh, perception of it a little bit more. Um, It's it's great to have this, yeah, online help. But then it's like, when I'm in despair, I can't just ring Samaritans, I need help, because I'm Mm. in that, uh, I'm in that state of mind where I am so desperate I don't want to be here anymore that I'm just going to do it but I am personally I'm lucky enough I'm lucky enough that I've got uh, you know my husband that supports me a lot and I've got my little ones as well that I feel like I've, if I wasn't here then it would affect them in some you know obviously in some way you know like losing their mum that they love now you know, uh, but you, you're right. Yeah, it's. I've been homeless before, and mm. it wasn't pretty. 
it's not. Uh, no, it's it's not. I I remember sleeping in a police station once with mm. my mum and my brother at the time was five years old. This is back in London because uh, I moved from Portugal to London because uh, we were promised by a family member that they would take care of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that wasn't such the case. So we were, unfortunately, we were made homeless and uh, we yeah, slept in a police station in Tottenham, of all places. Uh, and then uh, they got us into uh, a little B&B for a night, but then they said, oh, you have to go to the embassy. Uh, and, well, it's like, well, we left our, we left our country for a reason. It's because mm. we're fleeing from... Uh, domestic violence so obviously we f- we fleed for a reason you can't just send us back but they wanted to send us to uh, Birmingham at the time which was obviously very far away uh, away from f- people that we knew yeah. uh, in London and then we were told by a, fam- a family member oh there's someone in Leeds that can help you out so it was like okay didn't have any money nothing but at the time, my, my mother actually managed to get a uh, job seekers allowance. So mm. with that money, we actually moved to Leeds. But in Leeds, uh, then we went to the local housing to get help. And we were sent to this, uh, we were sent to this like, little B&B again for two, three days. But then we were sent to this hostel where we had to live with another, um, they're like little flats. I don't know if you've been to a hostel before, but they're like flats, right? They're flats, and we were sharing with another family where it's only a bathroom and two bedrooms. Yeah, mm. two bedrooms. And we were sharing with another family and uh, another vulnerable family where they had a uh, a 15-year-old boy who were extremely violent as well and they were living there and they disrupt the whole thing so again like they just this was back in 2003 so mm. we didn't have a lot of housing then because we were all cooped up in this hostel it's just it, it didn't matter like how many uh what the family circumstances when you're getting back into your busy fall routine but still want to make every breakfast count try blue aprons new ready to cook meals that offer your favorite fresh quality ingredients ready in minutes with 60 plus options each week you can choose from an ever-changing mix of high quality meat fish vegetarian ww recommended and health conscious offerings get a 100 gift card plus enjoy 130 off across your first six orders when you place an order by september 23rd visit blueapron.com unique 2022 other banks go out of their way to make redeeming credit card rewards needlessly complicated like how they require minimums or force you to use your rewards before reaching some arbitrary expiration date. But Discover isn't like that. With Discover, you can redeem your rewards for cash in any amount, at any time. So you'll never have to jump through hoops. Unless you're like a trapezist, then by all means, go right ahead. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply. This is where everyone was like, oh, you're homeless. You, I want to put you in this box, Right. It didn't matter if they were violent, if they had drug problems, if they had, uh, if they would steal money, you know, a lot of stuff went missing at the time. Uh, and obviously you can't, you can't really say anything because you gain trouble. 
uh, and then obviously you're creating the trouble. Then if you are, it's the whole mentality. If you are uncomfortable here, then just leave. Yeah. But then you have nowhere, nowhere else to go. So we are, and then if you, they're giving us a house and stuff like that. Our situation is starting to improve, but it took a very long time. And this was back in 2003. Well, there weren't, well, there were still homeless people, but there weren't as many as there are right now due to uh, addiction, uh, due to many different things, you know. And uh, you start to see that, yeah, as you were saying, going back to what you're saying, like that our government can, like, you know, put people on furlough for three months or perhaps even longer, but they haven't been able to uh, provide housing for people that really need it. No. So... Um, and, and it's not only that lack of housing... And it's once you're in that system, it's, you know, it's just teaching as well. Because if you come from a really tough background mm -hmm. and you end up on the streets or needing some sort of support, it's like, I know I've, on my journey, like in rehab, I, I, I mean, the people who didn't know, know how to cook. Oh, know, absolutely, all, yeah. And I know that there's a lot of... Um, a culture of kind of, um, well, there was when I last worked in hostels, um, of like, we tick enough boxes, we'll get our, carry on getting our funding, and we've successfully, we successfully moved Kat, you know, into her own place. Well, she can't cook. She hasn't got off of her drugs yet, say, for instance. She yeah, doesn't know how to do bills. So then the cycle goes round, you screw up your tenancy, because it's like, where's... It's so important that you, whoever that person is, gets some, and they have, I know that the support worker, whoever it is, has, might have to be tough, you know, but they need beyond, it's all very well putting someone in a flat, but if they don't know how to manage the bills, how to do this, how to do that, have they been taught how to go to an interview? You know, go back to instance. being on the streets because that's what they know. Yeah. And it's sometimes, you know, and something people say, oh, yeah, but you wouldn't be on the streets if you didn't want to be. It's like, really? Really? And there will be some, a very small, you know, who's actually, that's their life and they're happy or comfortable with of what course. they've got, with how it is. But no one sits at careers day and says, I want to be homeless. And, you know, people are like, oh, and they all drink. Well, you try it, love. Or, maybe, you know, you try being on the street for X amount of time. You're going to need something to get you through the day. Absolutely. Yeah. I think if you are like under the influence, uh, I think for me as I was never a, a, an addict, I can't, I can actually say that I was never an addict, but I was those kind of people, that kind of people that were like, right, I'm going to binge because I had a, a rubbish uh, day. So I would just drink and drink and then that would make me obviously temporarily forget my problems, you know. But then again, obviously, you know, it come tenfold and I know that people would uh, keep on drinking so they didn't have to think about their problems and to face all these different things. Obviously, people drink for different reasons, but I, I can sympathize how uh, some, some people just, just drink and to uh, soothe them almost and soothe them from agony and despair. So I can, you know, I can sympathize a lot with that as well. Because I, I, I think for me, I'll always have an addiction. It could be food. It could be uh, working. 
you know i need to personally i need to have something that to do all the time a project it could be this it could be um studying be i done like a few diplomas online because i needed for my brain to be ticking mm. over but yeah honestly going back to addiction i i can understand how some people live that life and they can't they can't get out of that life but i think we really need uh we need more help in that sense because it's not just oh here you have a flat here's your keys off you go it's uh, the mental mental um the help that they need mentally as well and how to manage things because like when i moved out of my mum's house my mum uh, did all the bills and stuff like that like i didn't even know what to do and mm. if, if i didn't have my mum to uh, guide me through it like you do this you do that you do the other then i i guess i would have still be as useless as i am right now because i'm a very anxious person <laughs> <laughs> and I probably would be like, no, you know, fi final bill. I'm just going to put it like, you know, away so I don't have to see it. Because if I don't see it, it exist. So mm. it's like, put it off until, I don't know, someone knocked on the door, bail lifts, and I'm like, you know, uh oh, like I have to do something about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I'm just kind of thinking, and if it's every home, if someone's homeless or in a hostel, everyone has a story. And it oh, could yeah. simply be that they, their relationships split up, at, you know, uh, ended at the same time as they lost their job and actually had never touched a drop of alcohol or whatever in their life. And the next minute, though, they're homeless. You know, the amount of, like, I don't know what the percentage is, but it's a scary amount of people with two paychecks away from being homeless in this country. Um, and so... If someone's listening and kind of has actually walked past, um, next time you see someone homeless, stop and say hello. You know, and if, even if it, it, it can be frustrating, it, but they're still people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you, don't know, you don't know what their story is, what the story no. is. And, and I guess that very much comes, you know, ties back into like giving to lies. Like, this is the whole way reason we have our ethos you know because you matter i hate like and i'm so not as a businessy person but like using a slogan or a logo or whatever um but it, that's why you're still a person whatever you got you are going through or you have gone through you know um and i don't know why it's just popped back into my head i mean you're talking about luke but it's like you know we took anthony his brother to a show in the summer you know, and that was totally different because that was mental health issues, you know, and, and you, you know, he was, and he is in his twenties, but he was still getting bullied. It was one of the reasons that this stuff was going on for him, you know, his workplace at the time. And his mum told me, what, I'm like, gee, they, people speak like that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so everyone has a story and it's harder if you're homeless. It's harder if you look like, me and, and I'm if you're in a wheelchair people can see it and they'll immediately know you know but if you're homeless and you're on the street a lot of people immediately shun you thinking whatever they might think not everyone does you know or if you've got a mental health issue and I'm walking down the street 52 years old in reasonably good phys physical shape no one knows no one would walk past and go oh I can see he's yeah he's he's thinking about killing himself Mm -hmm. You know, he wants to, 
you know and so everybody has a story everybody absolutely has. and i i think the aim of uh, especially doing this podcast is to share true stories about people you know uh, about people like you and me and i have said in the past like if people want to get involved just drop me a line because it's i want to give people a voice and it's not about like oh you know i want to talk to you because you you're doing a like yourself you are doing what doing what you're doing uh it's more that i have a genuine interest in people and i find uh especially you know people who've had the struggles that you've had in your past uh, you know past life and you're still struggling right now uh then I find people like like yourself fascinating and easy to speak to. We've been here for over an hour and I've not felt like we've uh, like run out of things to talk about. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I guess I could just uh, stay here and speak about all these different things for another two, three hours. <laughs> but uh, yeah, my cat's in the background on that side. Cats appear seem to appear in our he just, um, yeah he was asleep tonight, recently quite a lot actually. <laughs> he's actually talking about my uh, my cat he's uh, he's called Oscar mm-hmm. he has a uh, he's a polydactyl so he has a thumb all right yeah I've never seen him no no yeah I'll have he's, to Google that afterwards yeah yeah he's a polydactyl he's I think I was gonna grab him but he might kill me um and he he helps me a lot actually he like today i've uh, i've been feeling a little bit crappy because for the past couple of days i've been having a um sort of like i've been in a downer but also for um i suffer with fibromyalgia and it's very hard Mm -hmm. to cope because it's widespread pain Mm-hmm. And it's a very unpredictable illness. So you could be fine one day and the next you could be, I don't know, you could feel like you've uh, been run over. So, yeah, and that affects my mental health greatly as well. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just like, it's like, oh, I, I can't, I can't adult today. I can't do anything today. I just want to stay in bed and roll over and like nothing, you know, my responsibilities just don't exist. Yeah. <laughs> for today yeah. um and he's always like my cat is always just uh by my side and he's always like he comes for cuddles at the right time mm. and he knows when i'm upset uh so it's that connection you know that i've got i some people f- might find it a little silly but we've got this connection where um if he's not feeling well he comes to me if i'm not feeling well, he comes to me as well. <laughs> mm. And uh, do you have any pets, or is it just? Well, well, no. One no. of the reasons being that I rent, so of that course. wouldn't necessarily be um, okay. But I kind of like, oh, I'd love to have, kind of would love to have chickens one day. Yes, yeah, um, that's so cool. Uh, but um, I mean, I wanted to do something with. with we're in a basement flat, and there's the, yeah. theoretically the landlords responsible for the front garden and it's kind of like and we've got the backyard but which was one of the reasons we moved in but the moment the leaves appeared it was like there's no sun in this backyard at all 
But yeah. this front yard was like overgrowing and this, that, and the other. And so we just ripped it all apart. And there's a little veg patch out the side of the front and built a pond. And oh, like, that is cool, yeah. though. Well, I'll tell you what, though. It's kind of like that. And then someone said they had some tadpoles. And it's like after sort of helping you know, these tadpoles and feeding them and following all the little things that you give them a bit of this, that, all the frogs are buggered off. Which I think is very... <laughs> I'm, so I'm going through a little bit of like abandonment and a bit of like, where's your gratitude? You know, <laughs> where is your gratitude? They all left the, home. Yeah, no man. I was, yeah, I was hoping for like, you know, all the croaking and whatnot and the sort of pictures of, you know, frogs on a lily pad. And it's like, really, and it, I don't know when they went and how they could, have, you know, obviously they must do it in the night because it was all of a sudden there was nothing so quickly. And which actually was quite an interesting study in nature. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, man, I've boiled your spinach, I've boiled your lettuce, I've boiled your this, I've built a pond for you, and you just bugger off. Yeah. It feels almost like a parent. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, man, I'd sort of, you know, feed her and yeah. Did everything that could for you and you left me. Yeah, man. <laughs> and it's just rude, really. That's rude. They didn't even Very. leave like a I don't know, a note or something. No, nothing. 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 Sorry, thank, thanks for your help. We're all buggering off. None of that. None of that. <laughs> no. Not even a tip. Nothing. What? No. 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 <laughs> Ungrateful little buggers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, you know, who knows? Then maybe apparently they, they might come back and spawn and do froggy, you know, lovemaking and whatnot. In the, sometimes they come back to the same pond. Who knows? So maybe that was it. Or maybe yeah, that was, was it. <laughs> Get some yeah. more. Yeah, but it was... Build um, a fence around it so they can't go anywhere. Like, high enough so they can't jump out. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Keep them all in jail. Yeah. So now, instead of that, it's like a sort of midnight slug run, you know, to make sure the slugs aren't eating the, the veg and that we planted. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, with a torch. Because it's been so wet, they just come out, like, and it's like, right, get rid of you, get rid of you, get rid of you. Can't kill them because that doesn't feel right. That keeps you yeah. busy, I guess. Oh, yeah, it's like we're going out and I say, all right then, <laughs> who's under here, who's under there? Yeah, so that's kind of how I vaguely kept somewhat sane. Um, oh, what I would say is if you do it again, don't give them names, you just you start getting too attached. Oh, no, 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 I mean, there was like swathes of these tadpoles, like you know, <laughs> 50, 70, whatever, and so they couldn't all be named, you know, and you just sit and watch. <laughs> And, you know, it's like I smoke, and so there'd be a little, yeah. there's a little top step there, and you just kind of feed them and watch them, and it was just like, oh, and then you can see their little legs, and it really was like, oh, there's tiny little frogs, and then, gone. It was, it's kind of, yeah, it was quite educational in a sort of nature kind of way. Because <laughs> I just figured they'd all just hang out by the pond for the rest of their lives. Oh, <laughs> they, no. They went yeah. tadpoles to tiny little centimetre-long frogs to bugger the hell off. And That's in, hilarious. It, and it seems like in a couple of days, which again is, you know, it is, I'm sure David Attenborough was here, he'd explain exactly why I'm not, why you know, not? I just, you know, and it's like, it was so quick, it was amazing. But yes, <laughs> so, so that's the closest to pets. Yeah. It is, is a very long answer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I haven't got anything else to ask you, but is there anything else, is there anything you want to ask me? Um, <laughs> it's not, all right if you don't. <laughs> no, not particularly. I mean, as you said, we've kind of like you know just yapped away like there's no tomorrow. Um, 
Although I will actually just think about it because, you know, there's the, obviously a very strong music side to this thing. Your top three bands. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. That is so difficult. It's such mm. a difficult That's why uh, I said, question. that's why I gave you three, not one. Ah. That, that, <laughs> although that might have been, easy, been easier, actually. We'll see if I, you know. Um, the thing is, it, it really varies. Like, mm. I love all genres of music. But I'm going to do genres, I think. So my favorite pop artist is got to be Lady Gaga. Right, yeah. Uh, my favorite, uh, like, emo band, let's say, is going to be The Used. Right. And my favorite, like, uh, rock band, uh, it has to be, uh, I've got so many. But right now, I've been li- I've been listening to a lot of Iron Maiden. So yeah, mm-hmm. Maiden is going to be on the top three, I think. I've seen them live many, many times, and uh, never got to meet them. Maybe one day, who knows? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess those are my top three for today. <laughs> You'll change tomorrow if you ask me again. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, I think someone asked me the same question yesterday, and. I think I was into like a deathcore metal, you know, uh, mood. So I just said loads of like, you know, deathcore metal bands. But it really depends. It just it it depends on what what kind of mood I'm in. And uh, yeah, it really depends. Don't know. Uh, I also um, I I radio DJ. Mm-hmm. I've got my own show on Feedback Radio, uh, Saturdays and Sundays, 12 Wild 2, where I get to play my favourites uh, in all the genres of, obviously, guitar-based music. Uh, I mm. think if I played any Lady Gaga, I would probably be out of a job. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's just how my, my tasty music just goes, like, from pop to like the extreme from lady gaga mm. to like can effects mm. extreme you know so it's just goes up and down <laughs> um and i've been listening to a lot of like skindred as well skindred have a, a place in my heart there's a funny story actually um basically a few days ago back no 2018 i was going to go see skindred uh, at the Leeds Arena, but um, they I, I was having a lot of pain at the time, and I asked Leeds, uh, no, no, Leeds Academy, sorry, uh, Leeds Academy, and I asked them, oh, can I uh, go into the uh, disabled space because I can't, uh, I need somewhere to sit down, and they said, well, unfortunately, it's fully booked, so we can't accommodate you, so I'm like, right, okay, well, got it, but sometimes these things happen. So I think Skindred put like a, a post on their Facebook at the time. So I was coming, we're going to hang out. Da, da, da. And I'm like, oh, I wish I could. But uh, unfortunately, the O2 Academy in Leeds, they can't accommodate me because I need to be in the disabled part. So uh, little did I know, I get a, uh, a message on my Facebook, on my private profile on Facebook and this says, oh this is very unfortunate but I think we can help just email our tour manager he can get it sorted for you and I'm like 
Right. So last, the next thing that I did is buy tickets because I would never want them to. Uh, it's a, an artist that I support and I love. Then I would, would not want them to be out of pocket. So we bought tickets anyway because we would have bought tickets if we were going Mm. Anyway, anyway, so we got yeah. tickets, uh, and then I says, "Well, I've got standing standing tickets because uh, there was there isn't any other. Is that still alright?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Just uh, he gave me all the details. Uh, I emailed the uh, tour manager, and they were so nice. And then uh, we were like talking via text message, and he says to me, "Like, oh, on the day you don't have to queue just message me and i'll come get you and i'm like right okay i felt like a vip and so i guess in a way that's how people feel with given to life when they go when you take them to these shows <sighs> and i felt like i felt like a little celebrity and i was like oh my god like okay so both of us were given me and my husband my husband took me uh, both of us got given the little uh, gold stickers, you know, with all access, uh, access thing, you know, just like, oh my God, like, what? okay. Uh, and then the tour manager took us upstairs where the disabled part was and he says, is, is this okay? Or do you want to go to the inside? And he was so accommodating and I'm like, oh my God, I feel so special that I don't want to like ask for anything else because I don't want it to be taken like for, I don't know. I didn't want him to feel like, oh, this, this person's taking advantage of me and obviously being super anxious and nervous and about everything, the whole experience. So yeah, he takes takes us upstairs and it's like, right, if you need anything, just let me know and stuff. I'm like, all right, okay. And it was always like checking on us from time to time. Are you enjoying the show? Is everything all right? And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, perfect. Uh, I was uh, I had crutches at the time. Well, I have to have crutches because sometimes I can't walk properly. <clears throat> so crutches help me to get from A to B. So. And he was there uh, helping us, and um, I wanted to. I wanted to meet. Uh, I wanted to meet the band, but I was just too too nervous. And I said to Scott, like my husband, I said to him, like I can't, I can't do it. Let's just after the fin the, the show finished, I was like, oh, let's just go home. And I, I, I really don't want to ask any more of, of these guys. They've been uh, so nice to uh, help us out and to have a space where we could watch the show safely you know and i still have this little sticker you know from the mm -hmm. academy on my wardrobe where it says like access all uh, all areas and stuff like that and that's uh how i felt i can and it was only a little bit you know i, I can relate to how the guys that you take to shows feel like Mm -hmm. as well so another reason why I wanted to do this with yourself and uh, that moment for me was like amazing a moment that I'll never forget for the rest of my life to feel included mm -hmm. and so they didn't just like oh you know go over here and this is where you're going to stay and leave, let's do it no they didn't they, uh, the tour manager came and checked on us and everything else and it was just absolutely amazing and to, to have someone again you know uh, to have someone out there that does that for a living given to life does uh, it's uh, it's amazing to have that uh, to make people who would feel uh, included like I didn't to, to feel included to feel like they matter and to feel like oh you're, yes you're going to a very special show but it's also about 
a great portion of it is about you, not just about going see the band. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I I always share that story about Skindred because uh, they could have just like ignored it. Do you know what I mean? They could have just like, well, okay, that's got nothing to do with us. It's got nothing to do uh, with us as a band. We don't care, but they do. And I wish there were more bands like like Skindred that they mm-hmm. uh, that do that. And uh, but. Yeah, I appreciate how difficult it is for Given to Life to uh, get these things sorted out and find the funds because fundraising is one of those jobs that is not, uh, it's not easy because asking people for, especially money, yeah, asking for funds and uh, asking for donations, it must be incredibly hard to do. And I, I can appreciate that, you know. Well, as I said earlier, right now it's us usual mm-hmm. fundraising, you know, and it's actually that tends would tend to bring in mm-hmm. enough to keep us ticking over, you know, because I mean the people I know in a, in a way, I, mm-hmm. well, not in a way, I know for a fact from having spoken to people that there'll be people looking at given to life from the outside, thinking, God, either. Oh, well, they just give a couple of tickets if they don't really know the full story, which, you know, could actually only just be 20 quid and stuck in a post or, you know, some bands are charging over 100 quid now. Um, and then there's others I know who think, oh, we must have millions of pounds because actually the way we do it is so person-centered, so big. You know? Yeah, of course. The actual, just the overheads of one show is you know, in four figures, yeah. you know, that's, that's, that's just the cost of one show. That's not actually keeping an office going, this, that, and the other, you know, um, that's, you know, and you, not every band, you know, by a long shot gives us tickets. I don't have like a swathe of connections and I've I kind of, if I'd really thought about it instead of following my heart, I'd have never started because actually the logical brain would have gone, you have zero connections in the music industry, Tom, you're going to need some, and you can want to do this, 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 and this, and this, and this. Yeah. yeah. And then you, a smart thing would have been to go, would have been thinking rather than following my heart and then gone, not a good idea. You know, because it's oftentimes I'll be there trying to get tickets like anyone else to try and make it happen for person X, you know, because the on sale is that day. It's, you know, um, we're not massive. So it's not like I just snap my fingers, knock on a door. Um, and oh yeah, it's, oh it's Tom from Gimbalow. Awesome, yeah. How many tickets do you need? It's like who are you? Yeah. Um, so it's just yeah. I mean, so the the funds now, but we're lucky. You know, we got a big cartel page where people can buy you know merch. Um, yeah. Amazing artist Steve Thomas, who's worked with Eddie Vedder and Pearl Jam and others, has done a. We did a collaboration, and he's got a poster that he. It's just beautiful, you know, with all the funds going to give them to life. And uh, this is going to change us, you know, in a lot of places you might. When you're getting back into your busy fall routine but still want to make every breakfast count, try Blue Apron's new ready-to-cook meals that offer your favorite fresh quality ingredients ready in minutes. 
With 60 plus options each week, you can choose from an ever-changing mix of high quality meat, fish, vegetarian, WW recommended and health conscious offerings. Get a $100 gift card plus enjoy $130 off across your first six orders when you place an order by September 23rd. Visit blueapron.com slash unique 2022. Try and get grants or whatever. It's like, have you been directly affected by COVID? Or, otherwise we won't help. And it's kind of like, well, yeah, we have, but we haven't, if you see yeah. what I mean. You know, so it's kind of like on the fence, yeah. yeah, yeah. But we got, but I mean, under normal circumstances, yeah, the, it's, 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 we're not asking if we went out with a bucket in the evening, we're not asking people for 10 grand. It's like you got the change, you know. And if you're out here, for instance, in Bristol on King Street, where the one security guy I know says, Oh, yeah, we've got a can of lager in here that's eight quid a, a can. So if you can actually afford to do that, you can afford to put a pan in a bucket. Absolutely. I think, so, uh, I think sometimes people don't believe in it. Do you know what I mean? Like, not, not directly yourself. It's like if you, um, if you go to, like, if you're in the pub and then someone comes around with a bucket and says, oh, you know, for a, ca- a teenage cancer trust, and they've not really had anyone in their family, you know, this teenager who had cancer, then people that I found that people are reluctant to donate whatever kind of money it is, even though like people uh, like spend ridiculous amounts on a t-shirt. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, sometimes it's not having that association because I have spoken to people before. Like uh, I, if I was to run uh, a charity, would you would you give money to that charity because you know me or is it because you believe in what I'm doing? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm more personally I'm more likely to obviously we can't help everyone, right? Unfortunately, like myself, like I just don't have the funds to help everyone. Mm-hmm. Even though that if I get twenty quid, I try to put a quid in each charity that I you know, that's personal mm-hmm. to me. But that's how I, you know, it's how I am as a person. But if I had, oh gosh, if I had lots of money, <laughs> I definitely would. <laughs> but not yeah. everyone's like me. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, and, and then there's the flip side. We have some amazing people behind the scenes who raise money in different ways. And yeah, but you know, it's like can't help everyone. I know over the years we've had, yeah. to, had to say no simply because we haven't got the money. Of course, yeah, and that heartbreaking for me because I feel like I have someone's dreams for one of a better world you know and I have to turn around and say we can't afford it and that's awful that's yeah. awful yeah absolutely. you know it's, it's, it's like if you, you know someone says oh I'd like to see band X I'm like well they're not touring at the moment get back to me I can do that's that's okay you know um or if someone's kind of oh I want to meet the band and I'm like sorry no that's not what we do we are that if that happens that's a cherry on the top but we're not a meet and greet organization. You know, I can try to say that, but then when you have to say it's someone, you know, someone's mum, dad, brother, you know, yeah. son for their father, whatever it is, it's like we just haven't got the money to do it at the moment. It's awful. It's yeah. awful to say, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Especially and, if you, you want to turn that person's dream come true and you, you can't because the funds, it's just, it's sad, isn't it? It's awful, and you know, because I know that we'll be taking people to see a band where just the tickets has been over five hundred quid. Oh yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I can believe that. 
and that's before we've taken them to a hotel, before we've met with them, before we've covered every travel expense, food expense, merch stand, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You'd be because, looking in the thousands. <clears throat> yeah. And, Absolutely. Um, Especially if it's for two people. Well, it's always, they always get a plus so one. Um, and then it's really hard if someone has a physical or, or even like mental health issues of getting into those areas. They kind of give a plus one and that's it. And that's, on the one hand, I understand that, but actually that's not fair because they might want to go with their friend and their mom and their dad, but they're kind of, they can go in no, you know, accessible section, but their mates have got to go somewhere else. Yes. You know? and it, and that's kind of, that's feels so tough. And I mean, I've been given to life has been lucky when I've explained that in some situations to the ADA well, over the mm. so ADA accessible here, and they explain it's like, oh, okay, yeah. And then I remember one time the guy on the phone got it wrong because uh, I mean I, I didn't twig until I got why I got two emails with the tickets on. Mm. And until and then it was like only it was a week or two later. I'm like, why have I got tickets on two emails? And he, what he'd done was told me that yes, I could have all the tickets I needed. We, we were taking someone to um, ACDC who has autism, um, but what he'd done is kept them separate to us. But he actually hadn't told me that he was going to separate us. So, oh right. So they mm. had you know plus one in um the accessible section mm -hmm. and i and gim's live tickets per se were on the floor somewhere and i and he had actually hadn't explained this mm -hmm. and in the end after a lot of fighting on the phone i mean i remember it was exactly an hour that they said yeah okay and i remember you know and they'd already asked for proof of disability and i remember mum screaming at me you know that, don't they know I don't want my son. I don't want my son to be disabled. And now they're asking me for proof. And it was like kind of like, and she apologised, and I knew it wasn't about me. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. As a mother of an autistic son, I can remember. Uh, I can just remember. Yeah. going, just, and then it's kind Good of like, and she, and it's like she couldn't just even, you know, mm. he, he, could, if, he, if she needed to go to the loop, she would have had to have taken him with. And how do you take a boy in his teens into the ladies? Because there was no extra pair of hands, but then with us there, because he, he, one of his things is wandering, you know? I do know that, yeah. My son's the same thing. So that's like, you know, and then there's, okay, you just get a plus one. And then if it's a mental health issue, you're not in a wheelchair. So they are starting to have some, you know, more accessible space for people with, you know, non-physical issues. Than they used to be, um, but it's still bloody hard to get hold of those tickets to get you know, and, and like I said, you know, it's, I'm not, you know, I kind of often joke, I'm not Jimmy Page's grandson. You know, if I was, every single door in the music business would be open to me. You know, I'm just a bloke with an idea. Um, but it's so yes, yeah, it's, it's oftentimes really hard. A, getting the tickets and B, the hardest thing is actually, I can't, we haven't got the money to take you, I'm sorry. It's awful. Yeah. How can, how can people donate? They want to donate to yourself. On our website, yeah. givemtolive.com is a donate button, I think on every page. Um, 
you can go to a big cartel store and buy stuff, <laughs> T-shirts, caps. Um, Ulrich Planer, who did uh, the Chicago Bull, Chicago Guns N' Roses poster a couple of years ago, he actually oh, gave us license to his poster. Sorry. <laughs> um, the little bugs after me. Um, and then we have to do a certain amount, but we've also we've given to Live's logo in. Um, that some uh, sort of Guns N' Roses poster collector pros, in a way, is kind of better than the original because the background players, because it's all done on the Chicago's ball and basketball, um, are kind of more visible than in the original. Um, yeah, and you can go off and do a. Oh no, you can't at the moment. That's the thing. Is I, I was going to have. Um, I I personally I can't gonna, run. <laughs> right, well, I was going to I was going to cycle, and I would, it would have been last week, I think, from here to Frankfurt as a fundraiser um, because Pearl Jam were headlining and Idols. Who I know a couple of yes. them. I know a couple of them because they're a local band to Bristol, and it was like this perfect circle um of the band Pearl Jam that kind of inspired me and also Dev um the bassist was the first person to actually help get into life and put on a fundraiser a lot of people say I'll help you and don't come through the broken promises far outweighed the kept ones but the kept ones are awesome and so yeah I would have just finished cycling to Frankfurt um and unfortunately you know, and it was a really beautiful perfect circle Pearl Jam and Idols, first time Pearl Jam's taken out support in years, and then phew. all of this happened. Yeah, and I was chatting with Dev on Sunday, and it's like I knew about a month before, and I just so wanted to tell you, but I couldn't. <laughs> oh my god! <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, but I so, hope they'll be able to do it in the future. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know how that works. Is I know, um, and I kind of gotten really back into it, Aerosmith talking to one artist who knows Steven Tyler really well and it kind of made me feel like 20 something again and I saw that you know they've had to shift their tour um because I was like oh should I see them when I'm seeing for myself I'm seeing Pearl Jam and Krakow you know and they were playing the night before and I was like shall I shall I and I can't remember who the support was but then having chatted with Brian so much I kind of started re-listening and re-listening and it's like kind of and then they're touring with uh, next year. They've already got Rival Sons as their support. Oh, wow. I love Rival Sons. And I'm Sons. like, oh, they're, yeah, they're killer. They've got a real Zeppelin vibe. Um, yes. I love it. And um, so I don't know what the hell I was... Oh, where am I going with this? What was I talking about? I'm just wittering away. I have no that idea why fine. I thought that. But, uh, yeah, but I, I'm like, my brain's like, what, why are you talking about this stuff? No, it's fine. You're just rambling like, yeah. But, this is um, what it's all about, rambling. Oh, yes, it's, it's like, I can't remember who was meant to be their support. Yes. I don't know. Yeah, so we're assuming that Pearl Jam are going to be next year, you know, if we're allowed. Fingers crossed, again. yeah. But then does it mean who who's going to support? And that all, is that, you know, because that's a whole, it's a whole different year. It's a whole, someone else's schedule, is that any other? Mm. So what I do know is that Jeff and Pearl Jam are for idols, personally. Um, so maybe they'll get on, which would be cool for me on a double. As I said, you know, I know two of my idols and, and Pearl Jam, it would just be fun. But, oh yeah. my goodness, yeah, that would be amazing. Mm. Absolutely be amazing. It just makes, for me, it gets me so excited with the possibility that these things are coming back, you know, because I really felt like a part of me has been taken away. 
because mm. you know, I there were so many gigs I was supposed to go to. Um, let me see on top of my head. I was supposed to see Lamb of God. Um, and I, I don't know, so many. Uh, down, we're supposed to go down with festival and our blood stocks are going to happen uh, this year. And I just felt like something was just going to take, just got taken away from me. Something that mm-hmm. I worked so hard to get back into uh, after my stint of not, of agoraphobia. That's what it was. Um, and then I just felt like I was, this time I was, forced to go back into that box into uh, just being at home not being able to go and do anything because of uh, being in that high risk category uh, being you know immu- um, immune suppressant so it's like mm, okay now I can't um, I can't do the things that I built so hard to get back into and I can't do it what am I going to do with my life mm. but then it just other opportunities uh like surface like you know doing radio and that sort of thing so that's that's pretty cool but still like i still every time that i look at pictures on gigs that i've been and stuff i'm just like oh i want to relive that moment ever like all over again and i know that i i can't because times were different now Mm. that things aren't going to go back to normal whatever normal is um but I just, I feel a little bit like half and half. Like, am I going, if the gigs come back, obviously it's not going to be the same, but what, what is it going to be like? Or I just, honestly, when it comes to stuff like that, it just, my mind just goes all over the place. I get anxious because it's like, well, uh, it's going to be really different and I struggle with dealing with different because uh, I'm a person with a set routine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and <laughs> but then again it's like I want to be there but then I don't want to be just in case it's too different do you get what I mean it's just yeah, yeah and, and I and that's and it is like I said it's very earlier it's a very confusing time it's like the more I learn it's almost like the less I know about what's going on with you know COVID and what and and what's this and what's that and it's like one person says this and one person says the other and and one i i, I am not a politician or a or a scientific expert me but neither at some point yeah it, sadly i think whatever however long this virus is around it's like i don't believe that this country and many other countries either can actually just endlessly mm. um Oh, my battery's nearly going. Um, can endlessly just fund people to stay at home, you know. And whilst I know that there's all, I understand you mm, opening up too early, we closed too late. It's very easy to look back and go, but what did we? Because we, what did we really know? And then at the same time, I'm thinking, oh, maybe we were sort of a little bit arrogant. We're an island. It's like this thing can't come here. And when it comes one day there will have to be a sort of I don't like the word normal because I don't think it's a very useful word in any way shape or form but to, there's, we're going to have to go back to something that resembles what was before you know what going was before, on in, yeah. what was in February and January and December because but like I said I'm not a politician or, or a medico so I you know but then you said, was it Victoria's just been put in hard lockdown again 
piano. And they thought they were on top of it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, a lot of, uh, like, Leicester's gone into local lockdown. Mm. <laughs> That's interesting. Well, I think, yeah, well, Victoria's, I think, probably bigger than, than the whole of the UK. Yeah. From my memory, from being over there as a kid. Well, not a kid, as a 20-year-old or something. Um, and when you're closing down a whole state like that, then you have the other, then you have over in the States, you've got a president who you're talking to, you know, it's not only children who bully, it's, it's, there's a 70-odd-year-old year old man who uses social media to bully opponents, people who maybe don't have the same opinion as him. And it's like, I know people over in the States, I know people in the medical field in the States, and it's just like, what the hell is going on? Can't someone take a little bit of control as these numbers spiral? And so, what the heck, you know, and I've got friends over there who's like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, no, no one uh, knows what the fuck's going on. That's the problem. No, <laughs> no. Well, it's, that's how it seems. And, you know, and then you get all the, what do you call it, um, conspiracy theorists, and it's all China's fault. It's like, for the love of God, man, please. <laughs> yeah, okay, so if you think it's all China's fault, make sure you don't have a mobile phone, because that's probably where it comes from, <laughs> etc. Oh, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Don't, you know, don't get 5G. Yeah, put your money where your mouth is, make sure all your, your clothes, your this, your that, aren't coming from China, if you believe it's all China's fault. Yeah, no. um, yeah right, okay. So, I mean, I just, nobody knows... I just think at one point this is going to be okay. Well, this is just, this is what we've got to live with, you know. And uh, yeah. And so that they'll, then it'll depend. Will Band X decide that we're going to tour? I mean, it's their it's, their, it's not only their livelihood for a lot of them; it's their lifestyle. It's who they are. So I'm not going to tour because just in case, you know. Or will it be okay? We're just disbanding our band because we don't think it's safe. But then, okay, so if a crowd of 20,000 isn't safe, is a crowd of 20 safe? Mm. Yeah, no. It's... And it's I mental. think... It's, it, we just have to wait and see. Uh, we, you know, as um, the uh, in arts community, and uh, was the, there was the whole Save the Arts campaign and let the music play, like I, I said before. Mm. Uh, we just got a, a good, uh, a big cash injection so let's see what happens uh i think it's just a uh, a wait and see moment you know I don't mm. know, just what we have to do we just have to uh yeah wait yeah it's an awful lot of waiting it's an awful lot of waiting and i'm a very impatient person <laughs> I just want to have the gigs, but I think the alive at the drive-in uh, gigs that Live Nation has, uh, you know, put up. It's just it's not going to work for me. Uh, I think it just takes uh, it takes away the whole experience. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you you're going to struggle to actually see the band. You might as well uh, stay at home and watch live streaming, and it's going to be uh, a lot cheaper. Uh, mm. to do because I had friends who got tickets for different um, life of the drive-in whatever it's called and they're asking for uh, it's a 60 pound plus per person uh, or like I don't know a huge amount of money per car 
And I just uh, think, yes, they're trying to find a way to make it work, but I don't think it's going to work. I've seen... Um, That's my opinion. I've seen, um, what do you call it, um, whether it was on social media in Germany, I think it was. Like, you know, I haven't had a rave, essentially. But with a huge stage set up, everyone was in their car, and it looked like they're having fun. But at the same time, I'm like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, I, but I... That that would be fun, but they see you know the pictures that you're showing. I mean, it was a full stage set from DJ whoever you know. Oh, but everyone was in their car, and I ca mm. I can't see that you know because part of it is is being with people. And oh so, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Do you think um, the, the, all these things I've seen what uh, in the social media could have been perhaps manipulated to like anything is? You know what I mean, like. Obviously, I don't want to open another kind of worms, but what I'm saying is like a lot of what we see in social media is manipulated. So it's like, uh, oh, yeah, look, this is what we did in Denmark, a concert, everything was fine and everyone loved it, but they didn't actually uh, interview most of the people to say, did you mm. like it or what was it like for you? Do you know what I mean? A lot of it is manipulated. So, but there was no, there was no um, country with this, or if there was, I don't remember it. But I just all I saw was footage, you yeah. know, and I, I just, you know, that's all I saw, and because it was happening, yeah. and, and I'm like, okay, and you, you know, and they swing around and whatever, you know. The, Maybe they were drunk or high. Anything. Well, oh no, this was a news. This was a news channel or whatever, and it was, you know, and it was just swinging around from a uh, good vantage point. And I don't, for me, it's, I don't know how, I don't, however much fun you were having people, I, I couldn't do it. Couldn't no, go. it's not for me. It takes away, it, takes, it just takes away the experience. And I like just being in the middle of, uh, of the people that are singing along with me and they're dancing along with me to my favorite songs and my favorite songs are their favorite songs and you can mm. tell and it's just the whole experience and you can't really do that from a uh, like a social uh, in a social distance manner i think it just takes takes it away from the whole experience but well Again, it's, uh, we just have to, to see what happens next year and hopefully gigs will be coming back. And uh, I hope so. Just, let's see if yeah. uh, Boris gets his uh, finger out of his ass and starts uh, you know, thinking about us in the uh, arts industry and in the, uh, you know, uh, the entertainment industry as well because, you know, just last year, uh, there was a lot of money going into, you know, um, <laughs> a lot of money got into the entertainment industry here in the UK uh, from, you know, artists. There was a lot of a lot, a lot of a boost there just last year for this, for the arts, and now we're not seeing anything back, and it's frustrating, you know, we're not mm. seeing any anything back. But again, it's wait and see. We'll see what happens. And fingers crossed, toes crossed, everything else. But uh, what, just to finish off, I mean, I'd like to ask you just one last thing. What's your, what's your advice for people that might be uh, struggling right now in this situation that we find ourselves living in? Well, um, for a start, it's not really my place to give advice unless I'm asked for it. But... And there is, 
you know, because it is so simple to say, oh yeah, I'm going to see a lot of talk to someone. It's like, it's not that, and even that, it's not so easy now because of course. You, know, you actually get out to see someone, but it's, I, you know, it's, and I know things that work for me are seeing a therapist, is mm-hmm. exercise, is healthy mm-hmm. diet. Yeah. But I also know that when I'm in the dark places, I will just lie in bed for a week. You know, so the fact that I know these things help, so I don't, I, it's, I don't feel like I have a right to give someone the advice I can say. I know, mm-hmm. you know, this, you know, these things work. I know therapy actually saved my life. Um, I, you know, I had a heart operation just after our second Given to Life show and I was terrified of exercise. I went the complete opposite direction of what they wanted me to do. I was so afraid of doing more damage, having had the operation, that I did nothing. And then um, uh, one guy did a, a gang of guys did a fundraising walk for us. And I'm like, shit, he can do it. And this is my thing, I'm gonna walk to London. And that's how I, that got me back into exercise, you know. Um, and I know it helps, but if, you, if you're in, a, in, you know, if you're, stuck in the shadows man i could turn around to anyone and say you need to go and do this 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 and this and this but if you can't if you're not feeling up to it but i guess the one thing i would say is if you feel like you are going to take your life which and i remember talking this through with a the therapist and he was just like will you please tell me if you're going to i'm not going to tell you to stop because I couldn't bear not to say goodbye. So I guess if you are in that place where it's so dark, you feel like that's your best option is to take your own life, see if you can say goodbye to the people who care, because they're going to, it's going to be left behind. Yeah, yeah, I I agree a hundred percent with that, and mm-hmm. I think that's a a lovely note to finish off. But obviously, I could uh, yeah, I could speak to you for hours and hours and hours about music, live music, and mental health, and all this this different stuff. But yeah, I would definitely like to uh, do this again in the future. I'm See, sure I we think, can. I yeah. think we're gonna have plenty. We're, we're gonna have plenty of time. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> we're gonna have plenty of time. Yeah. But again, honestly, thank you so much for doing uh, for doing this with us. You're welcome, Karen. Uh, it's been Thanks for asking me. I know. You can find a lot more information on our website, which is www.grabacupper.co.uk. And if you'd like to donate and you like what you just heard, uh, you can support us by buying us a cuppa. That is right. So it's www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash grab a cuppa and 50% of the funds donated through this page will go to UK based mental health charities each month depending on how much it gets uh, donated and uh, you'll be helping grab a cuppa and you'll be helping a UK based charity also so thank you so much for listening and stay tuned for the next episode (laughs) 